blackout curtains. They're fucking expensive. Yeah. But here's the stupid part. Yeah. It's not just like one size fits all or every curtain is a blackout curtain. It's like fucking levels. Like, oh, you want it to like still be see-through even though we call them blackout curtains? That's not a blackout curtain. I know, but they're really cheap. So you're like, fuck yeah, I want that because you don't realize that it's a see-through blackout curtain. You're just like, I want the cheaper version of the blackout curtain. Yeah, but yeah. But it's see-through. So that's Mm-mm. what my son has up in his room. So they don't fucking work. So I was like, I have a great idea. Did you put up tinfoil? I put up tinfoil on his motherfucking window. God damn. Oh my God. I was up there like a crag addict, like putting to- like foil up with the packing tape. Cause yeah. that's all I had. Yeah. And I had to like cut it into strips cause yeah. I'm not even a human being that owns scotch tape. <laughs> anyway, so I did that last night. My son slept in till 8 o'clock this morning. Holy yeah. shit. I mean, it was pretty close to 8. I had to go in and wake up Lee because... Uh, You're Lee, like, he's dead. Lee got <laughs> summoned into the son's room in the middle of the night. And yeah. so they, I was like, they're both dead. Like, <laughs> I was up with the baby. Like, where is everybody? And normally I'm the one dead in bed. Yeah. So uh, I have to formally apologize to you because I made fun of Brandon for putting it up. You guys have one of those, like, super fancy half moon windows. Yeah. And I was like, this fucking motherfucker. What are you guys selling, man? I can still see the light. And now I'm like, I get it. I will tinfoil every window if my babies will sleep. Yeah. Anyway, so that's not even my goddamn. Well, what's your goddamn? It's really not a great segue. No, (laughs) no, it's not. But, uh... Okay, so listen, I have a little baby, and he's about to be one this month. Can you guys fucking believe that? It's already been a year since I pushed this kid out my hoo-ha. <laughs> and, okay, so he just naturally started weaning himself off the teat, which is the most annoying thing to ever say, but also the most proper I way to say I wanted to punch you in the mouth <laughs> when you said teat, but I held back. That's what it's fucking called, all right? I know, so, but listen. he is a goddamn gentleman, and he was weaning himself from the teat. But uh, he's still... You're not a goddamn dairy cow. <laughs> I am, man. I Technically. I fucking breastfed this kid for a whole year of his goddamn life. First of all, fucking kudos to you. Right? I'm so Couldn't proud of you. do that with first. No. Uh-huh. I didn't do it with the, either of them. I was like, oh my god. Oh. You're done. I want to get drunk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I had so much to drink. <laughs> Sorry. You're going to be thirsty. Yeah. All right. So the kid was naturally like, uh, fucking get that out of my face. I'm going to eat these Cheerios over here and the goldfish and everything you're eating because he loves food yeah so uh he naturally just started doing that but for some reason he just like won't eat from one boob so like he was still eating (laughs) from the other one and he still eats like to comfort himself to sleep which Mm -hmm. every pediatrician is like don't do that i'm like but it puts him to sleep (laughs) yeah like oh i'm sorry are you fucking tired exactly so my goddamn is that one tit is way bigger than the other. If I wear like a tank top, it's like it's like an emoji, you know? Like I'm winking. <laughs> That's the best thing I've so ever heard. I have that going for me right now, which has never been a problem in my life because they're usually itty bitties, so it doesn't matter. You're like, just like, I got one going. <laughs> yeah, I got one really good one. You could probably work it with like a tassel or something. That other one's fucked though. Oh my uh, god. So, you know, mom life. Hashtag don't worry. milk. They'll both even out and just flatten out. Yeah. And then it'll Listen, be a fucking disaster. I'm going to walk around with one wonky donkey tit just, <laughs> just so that I can put my baby to sleep at night. And if anybody has the balls yeah. to say something to me. No, fucking preach. I do it to my kid, but with formula. And I'm yeah. like, here's the bottle. Yeah. And then I put her down. And, and they're like, she's like, oh, this is the best. It's going to rot their teeth. And you're like, they fall out. Like, her, what do you mean? Her tooth. Yeah, she has one tooth. <laughs> we'll sacrifice that one tooth for an extra hour. She doesn't even need sleep. that one. <laughs> well, 
Okay, give me your goddamn Aaron. <laughs> My oh, goddamn. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't do that. Am <laughs> I going to cry? No. Okay, why would you say it like that? Well, it's also about kids. But oh, my God. my itty bitty little man, my, I already know it. My toddler, he got his first haircut. He got his first fucking haircut. This kid's hair was so long. It and was she got so a cut. long. <laughs> Are you gonna cry? I might. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad. Every time I see him now, I'm like, <laughs> they like, look different, he's right? Like a kid. I know. He looks like he's gonna be an asshole. He is an asshole. <laughs> I know. He looks like he's going to be one. Brandon's gonna be mad that I said that. And I don't mean it, obviously. She means it. Listen, he's gotten a little sass. He's gotten a little attitude since we cut his hair. And Oh, he knows it, huh? No, I think he's acting exactly the same. But I think that in my mind, his hair made him like a baby. So I was so willing to forgive everything. And then now I see this little toddler, like this little kid. And I'm like, you fucking asshole. shit. Yeah, (laughs) I know. I know. And then they look like a totally different kid. And then their hair will grow back out. And you're going to be like... Oh, he's so lovable. And then you cut the hair again and you're like, oh, you're a fucking asshole. That's right. I remember. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. One of the kids at daycare told him, we, like, today was the first day that he went to daycare and he went inside and the other kid was like, saw him and was like, you look like an old man. And I was <gasps> like, did you have him in the shorts with the high socks halfway up his calves that make him look like an old man? Because then you cannot be mad at that no, kid. No, he had like a race car shirt on and okay. pants. Yeah. So you can't see his... Was he like, like Dale Earnhardt? <laughs> really sucked when he died. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my blood light? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All nice these nerd. goddamn kids in here, get out of my way. <laughs> I want the Power Rangers. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, you posted the... Or I think Brandon posted the picture on Facebook. Yeah. And I was like, he looks like a goddamn lost boy. Because it looks like he has an <laughs> earring. And I'm like, he's a fucking vampire child. Because her kid has the whitest hair ever. He does. And also he's very pale. Because he he's your kid. He's my kid. He's, yeah. a t- he's a teeny tiny vampire. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, toddler vampire, lost boys. Okay. So. Hey, everybody. <gasps> Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 92. 92. We're doing a live Twitch. Yep. Twitch, 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 Twitch. So if you see it, fucking awesome. Welcome. We love you. And mm-hmm. also, if you didn't see it, then you can go on Twitch and watch it for approximately 14 days. According to my calculations. Also, which is coming out in like two days, so it'll be like, yeah, you know, I feel really sorry for your days. tomorrow life. Oh, that's gonna suck. It's gonna suck. Yeah, Real it's hard. gonna be fine. We're gonna be fine. I mean, we're already at like a million hours on there, so that's there's future that. Aaron's problem. Okay, and she's a bitch. She, she sucks. <laughs> All right, so this week, I'm gonna tell you about Gerald Edward Marshall. All right, tell me about it. Okay, so Gerald Marshall was born on July 11th, 1982, to Johnny and Gerald Sr. Okay. His mother, Johnny. What? Johnny and Gerald Sr.? Yeah. But like, I mean, I would say Joni, but it's spelled like John with an I. Okay. So it's Johnny? Maybe it's Yanni. (gasps) Perhaps. Probably not, though. Okay, so his mother, Johnny, was diagnosed as having bipolar disorder schizophrenia, and was addicted to crack cocaine. So, had a rough start. (laughs) Was that like a hat trick? (laughs) That is a lot. A lot for one person to hold and deal with. Just trying to keep it all together. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Poor Gerald. His father, Gerald Sr., was diagnosed as having some severe mental disorders like depression, personality disorder, and some other non-specified mental disorders. Mm-hmm. Also, he was an alcoholic, and he was known in the neighborhood to be a very violent man. 
Okay. So there's that going Just for a him. good concoction of genes to put into one person. He was, yeah. <laughs> I Honestly, I fucking feel bad for Gerald in this scenario. His parents were not fit to care for him and his three siblings. You think? Obviously. <laughs> so he had three siblings was my way of segueing into that. And they were often abused. Mm-hmm. They were trigger warning for abuse. They were beat with electrical cords and they were forced to lick their own vomit off the floor. Ew. Why? I don't even understand the benefit of that. It can't be effective. No. Also, I've heard of like parents making their children eat like their feces and Why? stuff like that. Why? I, like I, you shit, everybody poops. It's a book. Even. I would never understand that. Like maybe it's because I'm a normal person. Could relatively. be. I mean. But. Yeah. Could be. But, like, I would never think, like, oh, a punishment, eat your shit. That's so, like, what? Oh, you threw up on my rug? What? On my rug that I bought off of Ikea? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. (laughs) This is a Persian rug. I'm on crack. It's not a Persian rug. (laughs) I sold that one. This is the fucking Costco rug. It cost $10. All right. So, either way, obviously, they were abused. They were also left for days without food or supervision, so they were kind of just, like, left to fend for themselves. All right. Uh, his three siblings. That's and probably not worse, though. Yeah, I'd rather not eat than eat my vomit. Is that what you're getting at? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I might be like, listen, I found some Cheetos. Yeah. It's going to hold me over for yeah, a couple Yeah, they were days. on the lower level. Yeah. Yeah, we can totem pull this shit, and I'll see what's on top of the fridge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, obviously, it wasn't a good home, and the state took the three kids and removed them from the mother and father's care, and they were put in foster homes. Okay. Good. Yeah. Fuck yeah. In these foster homes, they continued to live a life of abuse and neglect. I, okay, fair warning, read a lot of articles on this shit, and all of them say something different. Like, literally even the appeal articles, or whatever, appeal documents... Yeah. They have different, like, conflicting information. So mm. I don't know 100% what is true or what's not, but mm. obviously whatever article I read first is what I wrote down, and then later I read something else. So I'm doing my best to give you the best information, but it's a little fuzzy. All right. So as I understand it, him and his sister were put together in a foster home originally, and that foster father would beat the sister. He would stand in between his sister's beatings. Like, from the father to, like, protect her. So they had a pretty close relationship. Yeah. But I watched a documentary later on where he was saying that they were separated. So maybe this is, like, a different foster home. Yeah. Because I know that foster kids, like, bounce around from home to home. But the point is, they all got fucking put in foster care and they continued to have a shitty life. There was no, like, aha. This is it. Yeah. What is a fucking Annie's dad's name buttersworth daddy warbox yeah there you go i said buttersworth, <laughs> buttersworth. mr <laughs> mr buttersworth we could have all the popcorn we ever dreamed of this in jemima yeah <laughs> all right so rough life for gerald he was also sexually abused by his foster siblings Ooh. and his foster parents would ignore the abuse oh he did eventually graduate from high school and he enrolled in college but at the age of 18 he aged out of the foster care system and also i heard that his foster mom was like you gotta get out of the house so he went to go live with his biological mother like they recon- reconnected and he was like yeah ma i'm gonna come live with you yeah okay so him and his biological mother 
They're living together and they get into an argument over something. And his mother is like, you got to get out of the house. You can't live with me anymore. Sayonara, sucker. Get out of here. <laughs> Deuces, my man. Yeah, later. And so around the same time, Gerald also lost his job. So life was not giving him any handouts. So he didn't have any money and he had nowhere to live. And he was homeless on the streets and he was forced to like live like wander around right like he didn't have a home so he's like okay i'm a homeless person yeah he's a vagrant he exactly so what he would do is during the day he would ride the public bus all day long just like hop on one sleep on it hang out like as it traveled all over the town until horrible i know until it's but i mean it was like protection from the elements right i guess until the bus would stop running and then at night he would walk the streets until morning came and again the buses started to run again and then he would like jump on the bus okay so the bus is like his home like bedtime kind of yeah yeah like he'd sleep during the day and like wander around at night Mm, okay uh he attempted to help take care of his sister and whenever he had money he would help her pay her rent And he even had a girlfriend at the time who had a child and he was attempting to be like a father figure to the children. I think it was just one child, but I don't know for sure. All right. So, I mean, he was trying to make the best of what he had going for him, right? Okay. How does a homeless person find a girlfriend? That's Uh, not Maybe they were together before. Maybe. Maybe she's like in the system somewhere and they saw each other at like the fucking soup kitchen. Oh, maybe. But for sure, none of the people in this story are like doing great in life. Okay. Like the other child was from another man and I mean, not that that's terrible, but like, you know, everybody, they obviously had a falling out and she was dating some homeless guy. Like it's all like rough times for everybody. (laughs) You ain't wrong. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, living the life on the streets obviously took a toll on Gerald because Mm -hmm. that shit's hard and his mental health and he started to turn to drugs and he fell in with the wrong crowd all right so I mean you know where the story's going he's obviously going to commit some crimes but also you have to understand like he was not given a chance in life like his parents were shit his foster parents were shit like he had a rough go and he was just kind of ignored by the system like he was literally being raped by his siblings and everybody just turned a blind eye. My like, so, oh, sucks to suck. So, tough life for Gerald. Yeah, yeah. So while he's on the streets doing drugs and shit, he met a man who was much older than him by the name of Ronald Worthy. All right. Ronald was known in the neighborhood to be a big time criminal. They become like acquaintances and friends and shit or whatever. And yeah. um, so Ronald's kind of a bad egg. Not a good influence on Gerald. Yeah, probably not someone that he should be hanging around with. Yes. Okay, so Gerald's girlfriend, which I don't have her name, but her last name was Woods. Okay. Um, started to notice a shift in Gerald, and he started talking about how he was going to, like, plan this elaborate robbery scheme so that he could get some money. Like, mm. That was kind of the norm for them, was, like, they would just, like, jack some shit and be like, uh, now I have money to pay for stuff. Yeah. And that's not the best life, but that's what they were doing. And so he started talking about, like, this big scheme he had to, like, rob a bunch of fucking stores. He's got a plan. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, uh, mm, Probably not a great idea. Not my favorite story you've ever told. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So he, his whole plan was to rob three local Whataburgers. Oh. <laughs> Do they have a lot of cash on hand? I'm guessing. But you know, like, now they have all those signs that say, like, no more than $50 in the register and yeah. the safe is locked. Yeah. Maybe this is why. I don't know. So he was going to rob these three right. Whataburgers or at least he was going to stage this robbery by working with an acquaintance who he had known from working together at another fast food restaurant. And this acquaintance name was Gregory Love. I'm sure he went by Greg. 
who just so happened to be a Whataburger night manager oh, at shit. a Whataburger restaurant. So you got a man on the inside. Yeah. So they were going to be like, stick him up. Give me all your money. And he was going to be like, oh, no. Here you go. And then they were going to split it later. Yeah. Um, Great idea. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like a flawless plan. <laughs> Except I'm telling it on this podcast. Except there happened to be some flaws. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gerald had Gregory's name and number written down on a napkin and they were working together to like orchestrate this staged robbery and his girlfriend had seen the napkin and everything. So this is kind of like placing it that like later on in the story there's evidence that they were cooperating to make this shit happen. Yeah. Because obviously somebody's going to be like, I wasn't involved in that. Yeah. But this bitch was. Mm. His name wasn't written down on a napkin. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. The whole plan was that uh, Gerald, Ronald, the known criminal, mm-hmm. and an acquaintance that was named Kenny Calhoun, they were going to go in and they were going to hold up the Whataburger mm-hmm. and they were going to demand money and Gregory, the manager, the inside guy. Yeah, the guy on the inside. Yeah, he was going to hand over $7,000 from the store's safe. I'm telling you. No Whataburger has $7,000. Maybe it's like they hold it all week long and then they submit it to the bank. I don't know why you would submit money to the bank. What but year that's the was only it? word I could think of. Okay, it was 2003. I was about to be like, bitch, you didn't write it down. But then I saw it. <laughs> okay, 2003. Well, also, maybe this guy had access to the safe. Because at uh, other fast food places like, that we worked at pizza joints and stuff you oh, would okay. like shove it in the little safe hole. thing yeah yeah shove it in a little hole it would go into a safe and like maybe the manager had a key to that so was gregory a manager yeah Fucking that was the whole point was like he was the night manager the yeah he yeah. was the night manager so he was gonna go be like oh no don't shoot here's my money yeah and then they were gonna go split it up later all right touche all right okay. so gerald's girlfriend didn't like this idea very much. Yeah, she was like, you're going to go to fucking jail. <laughs> yeah, can you not right now? And uh, her and Gerald got into an argument. And it turns out his girlfriend was actually pregnant at the time with his child. Oh, shoot. And she didn't want to raise a child with him living his life of crime, right? So or she or him in jail. <laughs> yeah, so she's obviously like, don't fucking do this shit. Please yeah. don't. Don't be a dum-dum. But nonetheless, on May 11th, 2003, in Harris County, Texas, at 4 a.m. in the morning... Ronald, Kenny, and Gerald, they all climb into Gerald's little sister's car because they don't have their own car. They borrow his fucking sister's car to do this shit. Mm -hmm. She probably didn't know why they were borrowing it. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe she was like, I mean, but give me a grand. Mm, Could be. Also, uh, super side note. Mm-hmm. What a burgers are open at four in the morning. Are those bitches 24 hours? Must be. It's like fucking Taco Bell. Mm. Touche. Okay, so uh, they all get into her car and they go to the drive-thru window at the local Whataburger. Uh, Kenny was driving, the acquaintance. Mm-hmm. Not Kenny the, Calhoun. Yeah, he was driving. Uh, Ronald was sitting shotgun in the front seat. Mm-hmm. And Gerald was in the back seat on the passenger side of the car. Okay. So they pull up to the drive-thru window and one of the car's occupants, exactly who is debatable, depending on who you talk to. Okay. Uh, but it was either Gerald or Ronald. They jump out of the car and jump through the drive through window. What? Uh, armed with a pistol. And a Whataburger employee who was on duty at the time of the robbery uh-huh. testified that he saw someone come through the back seat of the car. So they're saying it was Gerald. Like, yeah. He says, I saw somebody come from the back seat of the car, jump through the window, at which point... This guy, like, went and hid behind some boxes. Okay, but also, he sat in the passenger side, and they went to a drive-thru, which is generally on the driver's side. 
Yeah. Like climbing over seats too. I know. Okay, so it gets a little fuzzy and it depends on who you believe. Yeah. But the eyewitness testimony is that the person who jumped through the window, the drive through window, seat. came from the back seat. Okay, also, second point. Yeah. Uh, same as the first <laughs> is the drive through windows are like this big. <laughs> I'm so glad you're saying that because that's going to be relevant later. And they're like this high. Yeah. First of all, I don't have the upper body strength to get out of a pool. Like, Tie it three sideways. Yeah. And then for sure you're going to scrape a rib. Yeah. You're not going to pop up and be ready to fight. You're going to be like, ow, ow, ow. These are full grown men. Are you yeah. telling me you couldn't like slam that shit on the guy's body? Like, hey, fucking don't come in here. Because <laughs> so they're like struggling. Yeah. Oh, God. Anyway, like I said, backseat of the car, jump through the window. That employee who saw this shit hides behind some boxes in a storage room where he could see and hear the rest of the events that transpired. He says that the intruder was wearing a black bandana over his face Mm -hmm. and he was holding a shiny gun. A shiny gun? It was shiny. All right. The employee says that he saw his coworker Christopher Dean, who was working the drive through window at the time, mm-hmm. run out the back door of the restaurant and slam the door shut, holding it from the outside so oh. that the robber slash intruder couldn't open the door to reach Christopher because the intruder was chasing Christopher. Okay. And like, give me your fucking money. And he was like, rah, and like holding the door shut. Uh, but also, all your fucking coworkers are in there. I know, right? But like, they all fucking scattered, like scatter (laughs) yeah hide so the attacker was screaming for christopher to open the door and the hiding employee says that he heard the door open after like a handful of like back and forth or whatever like the intruder gets the door open yeah and the attacker ran outside with christopher and shut the door behind them which locked the door because it was nighttime so like none of the lobby doors were open yeah so it automatically locked them out so we had to go back through the drive-thru. <laughs> yeah, God damn it. That hurt my rib really bad the first time. I don't want to do that again. So then the hiding employee, he doesn't hear anything for about two minutes. And then he heard a noise towards the back door again, indicating that somebody was in the in the um, restaurant. Okay. But he doesn't know how anybody got in there. Doesn't know anything more than that. Just that people are back in the restaurant again. He says that he hears the same guy who jumped through the window. Talking to Christopher, telling him that if he doesn't open the safe, give him the keys to the safe that he's going to kill him. Oh. And so the attacker told Christopher three times to give him the keys to the safe. Like, give me the keys to the safe or I'm going to kill you. Uh-huh. And, and Christopher was like, this is a minimum wage job. I don't have the keys. Here they are. Like, where the fuck is your manager in this plan? Oh, <laughs> right? he didn't have the keys? No, Christopher was like, I don't have the keys. And he was like, if you don't give me the keys to the safe, I'm going to blow your brains out. <gasps> I'm going to kill you. And so he said that twice. And Christopher was like, I don't have the keys. And then on the third time, he shot Christopher in the head. What? What the fuck? What happened to the plan, man? He's just going crazy. Where the fuck is Gregory? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, obviously, Christopher dies. Greg called in sick that day. Yeah, Greg's a dick because this was all part of the plan. Also, I mean, everybody else is a dick too. But like, yeah. Fuck, man. Christopher had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Uh, So the hidden employee behind the boxes, he says that he could see the backside of Christopher and he could only see part of the shooter, but that it was the same person that he saw enter the drive-thru window. So he was like, I didn't see all of the shooter, but from what I could tell, it was the same guy who came through the window. Mm -hmm. And then there was this other Whataburger employee who was on staff that night. And when the guy like jumped through the window, he ran and hid in the like walk-in freezer. Mm Mm-hmm. And he testified that the intruder was wearing a baseball cap and a red bandana over his nose and mouth. Ooh, that's different. Cowboy style. Mm-hmm. And he had a silver gun. 
Was it shiny? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but the first employee says that, like, you know, it was a black bandana and he wasn't wearing a hat. So, like, we have conflicting testimonies now. Okay. So what the fuck happened, right? Yeah. It turns out that that night manager, Gregory, who was supposed to, like, help the trio commit this perfect crime, he left earlier in the day and denied any involvement in the crime, which is why I mentioned that his motherfucking name was on a goddamn napkin and that the girlfriend was like, yeah, they were, like, talking to each other. Mm -hmm. But this guy on the napkin, he's like, don't know what you're talking about, and he left early that day and gave somebody else, like, managerial responsibilities (laughs) who wasn't ever been in responsibilities of a manager caliber before. And he was just like, you got the shit? I'm leaving. And he said that the reason he had to leave was because his brother got shot. So, like, it was a family emergency. But did his brother get shot? He didn't even have a brother. So there's that shit. Oh, shit. Okay. So he got cold feet on the whole robbery thing. And he was just like, deuces, I'm out. I can't do this. It's too much for me. Also, this guy's going to fucking die because of it. Yeah, that's super fucked up, right? Shit's eating up. Yeah. I'm Ooh. sure he didn't think somebody was going to die from it, but he was just like, I don't want to be a part of this. I'm bailing. I'm out deuces. But, but somebody should have given him the keys to be like, you guys fucking figure it out. If somebody happens to break in tonight. <laughs> I mean, like, or and this is just where we keep the keys, you know, yeah, just in just case. Just in case. You need to know. There's yeah. $7,000 in the safe, so there's that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, they're in this fucking drawer in the back. No, dude's a dick. Wow. All right. Okay. What a piece of shit. So the police are called, obviously, because somebody got shot. Yeah. And when they arrive, they find that all the lobby doors are locked, so it was, like, hard to get in. Mm-hmm. And Christopher was dead, and the assailants had escaped. Okay. No physical evidence was actually obtained from the crime scene other than a spent bullet casing. So, like, no blood splatter patterns or blood DNA evidence was scooped up. I mean, there was, like, pictures and shit, but there was no, like, official, like, and this is Exhibit A. They had Exhibit A that was a bullet casing, and that was it. Okay. And then they had a dead body. Okay. So maybe not the best, they like, didn't crime get... scene investigation going on. Yeah. They didn't get Dexter out there. No, to be no, like, no. they shot from over here. No. Yeah. Not from what I can tell, anyway. So the day after the murder, the police received a Crime Stoppers tip saying that they should check out these two local people that were nicknamed Bo and Tank. And that Bo was the shooter. It should also be stated that in another appellate document that they said that Tank was the shooter. So I don't even know who the fuck to believe because literally legal documents are saying different people. But the majority of the information said Bo is the shooter. Okay. But who is Bo and Tank? Oh, I'll tell you. Oh, okay. The Crime Stoppers informant then proceeded to give the police Bo's address. And through investigation, police determined that Gerald Marshall went by the nickname Tank. So the main guy in the story. Oh, okay. And they originally thought that Bo was this man who went by the last name of Robinson's. Just one. Robinson. (laughs) So they gathered two sets of photo spreads. One with Robinson's mugshot and the other with Gerald's mugshot. Mm -hmm. And the police showed the lineups to the employee who had hid behind the boxes that witnessed the actual shooting. But they were in face masks. I know. That's what's fucking crazy. Like he had beautiful eyes. Yeah. (laughs) I could spot those eyes anywhere. (laughs) These aren't startling green enough. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So they show the lineup to this guy and he immediately picks out the one with Robinson in it Mm. and says like, that's the guy, right? Let it be known that Robinson was in the front seat. Robinson wasn't actually even a part of this. So Kenny was in the front seat. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Sorry, there's a lot of names. Kenny's in the front seat. Ronald's in the passenger. 
Yeah. Gerald is in the back. Robinson's just some dude who went by the nickname Bo that the police are like, let's check him out. Oh. And so they line out, the, they like put the spread out and uh, the employee who hid was like, yeah, it was this Robinson dude. What? Yeah, and he wasn't even at the fucking crime scene, which just goes to show Allegedly. how shady. Well, I know, right? <laughs> just goes to show how shady eyewitnesses can be. Like yeah. it's literally like a couple days later or the next day or some shit and they're like, it was for sure this guy. And yeah. he had a fucking mask covering his nose below yeah okay i've seen a thing before where they're like yeah no uh you can like plant fucking memories in people yes i've seen that too Mm -hmm. okay so let it be known that a lineup with ronald in it was never actually shown to the employee so so the actual potential person who it could have also been other than gerald Mm -hmm. because they said came from the passenger back seat but we don't really know who fucking did it, right? Like, yeah. everybody has different descriptions of who it was. So, potentially, there's maybe two people there. Yeah. Uh, Ronald was never shown to this employee in a lineup. Okay. So, he picks Robinson, dude, right? And so, the police bring in Robinson. And they realize that he has, like, one of them airtight alibis. <laughs> oh, so, one of them? One of them. And so, they're like, okay, fuck, shit. We didn't get the right guy. It must not be him. Case closed. Yeah. So then they look into, because that Crime Stoppers person, they also left an address saying like, hey, check out Bo and Tank. Bo was the shooter and Bo lives at this address. Yeah. You think they would check this shit out first. But. You would. When Robinson wasn't their guy, they checked the address and wouldn't you fucking know that Ronald Worthy lived at that address. Oh, shit. Mm. Hmm? Hmm. Hmm. So. Like I said, he's like the bad guy from the neighborhood. Yeah. And he was in the passenger side seat riding shotgun. Mm-hmm. And he also went by the nickname Bo. What are the fucking odds? What you, are the odds? You can't have two. <laughs> yeah. There can be only one. Yeah. If that's the point of a nickname. Like, yeah. just go with your first name. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Or like, I don't know, Davy one. Yeah. Davy two. <laughs> Way to get creative. Listen. Okay. So. Bo. It should be noted that Ronald was thin- Darker skinned with a goatee. Okay. That is his description. What's Gerald's description? Gerald was lighter skinned and he was kind of like stocky, like short and like, <laughs> and like you know? Okay. Yeah. So here's my point about that fucking drive through window, right? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I yeah. see what you're getting at. Okay. Yeah. So the employee also testified that the shooter held on to Christopher with his right hand. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And he held the gun with his left hand to his head. Mm-hmm. So that would indicate that the shooter was left-handed. I would think. Well, Gerald is right-handed. Oh. While Ronald <gasps> is left-handed. Okay. Okay. So Ronald and Gerald and the driver, Kenny, they were all arrested on murder charges. And they start interrogating them, right? Like, yeah. uh, uh, you can come talk with us. Why don't you go ahead and have a seat over here? Yep. That's exactly what they said. All right. Okay, so they start interrogating them. Now, Kenny makes a deal with the state that he would plead no contest to aggravated robbery and get 10 years probation in exchange for his testimony against Gerald in his trial to say, I know that Gerald was the shooter. Like, I was there. I saw everything. Gerald was the shooter. And to do that, then he would get 10 years probation instead of these, like, fucking murder charges. So, yeah, homeboy's going to do this shit, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. But also, did he have the option to be like, no, it was Ronald? Or was it like, you got to say it was Gerald? Because then I'd be like, yeah, it was fucking Gerald. Well, okay. So I'm sure I write this somewhere else. I would break so easily. (laughs) Yeah. So I do write this later on. But the police were kind of shady in this whole deal. Yeah. And uh, they were like, just so you know, 
Gerald is ratting you out. Gerald is saying, oh, you, Kenny, you're the one who did this shit. Son of a bitch. But Gerald never said that once. Yeah. So they did that to pin him against Gerald so that he'd be like, well, fuck, if that's what he's saying, for sure he did it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, So they kind of get like, a, like a, a weaseled deal out of it. Yeah. Okay, so Kenny goes on to say that he was driving, Ronald was in the front passenger seat, and Gerald was in the back seat, and that Kenny had no idea that they were even going to, like, rob the Whataburger that night. Like, he was just driving his fucking friend's sister's car. And when they pulled up, Gerald hopped out with the pistol in his hand, and he was like, what the fuck's going on? And then he said that Ronald had jumped out of the car as well, and so Kenny drove away, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? I'm not going to be a part of this. So he started to drive off. <laughs> he wouldn't drive away. <laughs> yeah. If if I was the driver and two of my friends jumped out of the car, I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. But if you saw pistols, maybe. But I mean, if you guys always had pistols, <laughs> like, ah, oh, there goes Aaron again. With their Being pistol. all silly. Being all silly. I mean, could have been shooting anything. Could have been shooting skeet. <laughs> I'll skeet, skeet, get that. Yeah, and then you need two people to get out of the car to be like, hey, can you fucking throw it? Right? Okay, yeah. so he says that Ronald jumped out of the car, as well as Kenny, and he drove off because he's like, I'm not going to be a part of this. And he wasn't sure where anybody went, but he heard gunshots go off. And he looked up in his rear view mirror, and he could see Ronald in the mirror, like, behind the car. Yeah. So that suggests that Ronald wasn't doing the shooting, that it was Gerald. Yeah. Ronald was outside still. Yep. Um, it should be noted, though, that his testimony is a bit inconsistent. Surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, because on cross-examination, he admitted that at one time uh, he claimed that Gerald had a black gun in his hand, not a shiny silver one, mm-hmm. and that he had heard the gunshot go off and he looked in his rearview mirror and he actually saw both Gerald and Ronald running towards the car. So then you don't know who it was. Yeah. Like, somebody shot it, they both run. But also, Gerald was the stockier guy yeah so he hopped in and out of that fucking window well, yeah it's just in yeah but. yeah okay so his testimony's a little sketchy sketchy right like yeah kenny's fucking lying because yeah. he's getting a deal yeah for like a lesser sentence but it's he, a pretty sweet deal yeah but he's implicating gerald as the murderer also there's a fellow inmate at the prison where gerald was being held like before his trial and shit And he comes forward and he claims that Gerald had confessed that he was the one who shot Christopher on that night of the robbery. Oh, shit. And the inmate received, okay, here's the reason why he says this, right? Yeah. So the inmate received a reduced sentence of one year from his 25 years to life sentence. Wait, he got one year off or he got one year left? he got one year. What? One year. If you testify against Gerald and say, you know, this shit, then... I'll make a deal with you and you can serve one year and you're free. And he had 25 to life. Yeah, I would do that shit too. Right? Okay. And so here's the thing about this like supposed inmate friend. Gerald and this inmate, they were put together for three hours like in a holding cell. not nearly enough time for me to be like, hey, you want to tell life stories? Exactly. (laughs) They never met each other before. They didn't know anybody, like they didn't know each other at all. But supposedly in the first three hours of meeting each other, Gerald confessed that he was the shooter. Oh my god! Shady shit, right? Yeah, that and the didn't state's happen. like, it's a great idea. Say it, I'll give you a year. <gasps> yeah. Okay. So Why? shit is get you have a convicted person. I know. who is probably rightfully convicted. I'm hoping. Knock on wood. Know. Yeah, these people but, sound like assholes. So. Yeah, but you're gonna give him one year to get this other person who is clearly a little fucking fifty fifty at best. Maybe at best. Yeah. Wow. Okay. 
So, obviously not the best source of truth again. Yeah, weird. Gerald, who was given a court-appointed defense attorney, actually turned out to be two attorneys because they needed fucking help. Those attorneys were actually considered to be, like, wildly incompetent to represent him adequately. Okay. Obviously, Gerald's going to say that. But, like, they were, like, known to be, like, the dum-dums. Not very good at their job. Yeah. Yeah. Like... They mentioned that one of his first attorney was like hard of hearing and like really old and like didn't object to shit and just let everything go through. Yeah. So they didn't have his best interest at heart, right? There should be like an age limit like there are with pilots. Maybe, yeah. Like, can you hear me in court? <laughs> like, that's a. Are you still here? <laughs> that's pretty important. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Is so... he napping? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Buttersworth, wake up. <laughs> Okay, so uh, <laughs> when they interview Gerald, he's like, I wasn't involved with that shit at all. And then they, you know, they're like talking to him and they're like, we know you were involved. Like, you were obviously involved. And he was like, okay, listen, I was there, but I didn't do the shooting. Yeah. He later admitted that both himself and Ronald were involved and that he had a brown gun with no bullets in it and was in charge of watching the back door while Ronald was in charge of jumping inside and like getting the money. Okay. Well, yeah. he didn't do a very good job of watching the back door. No. If, well, I mean, maybe because he couldn't get inside. So, like, if the if Christopher and then Ronald, if Ronald jumped through the window, if they like ran out, then he'd be like, "Oh shit!" What I'll hold the doing? door while you guys fight. Yeah, so well, it doesn't lock. Shoot each other. And somehow, I'm assuming if they ran outside and the door locked again, somehow somebody got back inside to like let them in. Yeah. Right? I don't. I don't know the fucking logistics, but I would imagine there has to be two people involved. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Gerald's saying he was involved. He was in the back door. Yeah. But that he never actually, like, went into the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he says that, like, Ronald was the one who jumped through the window. Through this whole trial, there was a bunch of inconsistent testimonies. There was no physical evidence other than the spent bullet casing, like I said. And mm-hmm. police never actually found the murder weapon. So we don't know which gunshot the fired the bullet. What? Yeah. What did they do with the, the guns? Because they both had guns. I'll tell you. Oh, so good. the police did recover a bloody rag that was found in the car that the group drove that night of the crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the rag was never tested for DNA, even though it can be assumed that the blood on the rag is Christopher's, but yeah. you could still get touch DNA to determine who wiped the blood off of themselves. Yeah. Uh, also, what is interesting to note is that a little more than an hour after the murder, Gerald is seen on video footage robbing another local store... Because motherfucker. Because like I said, it was supposed to be like this whole robbing event, right? Like they had a string of them lined up. They were going to do a spree. Exactly. So an hour after that, he's seen on footage robbing another store. And he's in the same clothes that he was when he robbed the Whataburger. Mm -hmm. And there's no blood on his clothes. Okay. Okay. They also say that with like, I guess Christopher had like a blood splatter on his, you know, head where he was shot. And... It determined that he was, like, shot at close range. And it was at a, uh, like, in a way that whoever shot him would have likely gotten blood on him. Okay. Yeah. All right. Meanwhile, Ronald's girlfriend says that Ronald gave her a bag of bloody clothes to dispose of that night. Okay. Uh, That's pretty incriminating. <laughs> right? There's only one shooter in this crime, and it's close range, like I said. So it'd be shocking if they didn't get blood on them. And like I said, Gerald didn't have any blood on his clothes, so it's kind of like, it's probably Ronald, right? Yeah. But the cops are like fucking 
honing in on Gerald here. Yeah, but they don't look into Randy's fucking, not Randy. Randy. <laughs> Randy. They don't, I don't know, maybe that's what Ronald went by. <laughs> okay, but they don't look into Ronald's missing clothing or anything like that. They're just like, oh, that's crazy. You don't have your clothes that night? Whatever. Let's go talk to Gerald. And they get Gerald's clothing. So they do test Gerald's clothing. And they test it for blood and gunpowder residue. And they come back negative for both. So that indicates in, like, he didn't shoot a gun off, right? And in the robbery after the Whataburger, nobody was injured. So it's not that he's likely to shoot somebody or anything like that. Yeah. He was like, give me all your money. And then ran away. This isn't his fucking MO. Yeah. So Ronald initially claimed that he never had a gun that night. And then he was like, okay, I had a gun, but it was a toy gun. And then he admitted that actually both guns used in the robbery were my guns. And I got rid of them immediately after. And so the investigators were like, okay, where are they? Like, let us find these guns. And he's like, rid of them where? Yeah. And he's like, oh, I hid them over here. And then they would go there. And they weren't there. So he like sent them on this whole like wild goose chase. Yeah. And then eventually he admitted that he sold the guns. But the police never follow up with the sale of these guns. They never try to find them. Okay. So we don't like, ah, too bad. Shit, man, that sucks. He sold them. That would have been real useful back there. (laughs) In this murder trial. Right? So Gerald and Ronald, they were tried separately. During Gerald's trial, the state relied heavily on Kenny's account of what happened that night, putting Gerald as the likely shooter. So they're like, Kenny can be trusted. He knows what he's talking about. He was there. Yeah. And he says that Gerald was the shooter, so everybody should believe Kenny's account. Mm -hmm. However, when they did Ronald's case, the state, which was later after Gerald had been prosecuted or whatever, they said in Ronald's case that Kenny is an unreliable source of information – Because he got the deal from the state. So, like, you can't really rely on him to say that Gerald was the one who shot him. It could have been Ronald. Right? So they kind of, the state contradicts themselves. They're just trying to get two, they're trying to get two black guys behind bars. Like, that's what's going on here. Mm. And they don't have good fucking evidence in anything. They didn't check shit. Like, they didn't have DNA evidence. They didn't have the gun that shot it off. They just know that these three men were there and they have one guy where they're like, we'll give you a sweet deal if you say it's Gerald. And then later they're like, we gave him a sweet deal. Of course he's going to say it's Gerald. You can't trust him. It was for sure Ronald. Yeah. That's so fucked up. Yeah. But Ronald claims that he never actually entered the Whataburger and that only Gerald did. But in his own testimony, in Ronald's own testimony, he like slipped up and said something like, I wouldn't go back in there which would suggest that he had been in there at one time. Mm -hmm. And so his reason was like, I wouldn't go back in there or something like that. Mm. And so he then puts himself inside of the Whataburger when he's saying, I never went in there in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's see here. If you go by Ronald's defense theory that only one robber was in the building that night, because that's what he's saying, right? There's only one robber. Kenny says it was Gerald. It couldn't have been me. But then he says, accidentally, I wouldn't go back in there. Mm-hmm. Then that means that he was the only one in that building, right? Mm-hmm. But we don't know because we weren't fucking there. And nobody's telling the truth in this. Of course. It should also be noted that when the three, like Gerald, Ronald, and Kenny, were brought in on capital mur- murder charges, they were put under these like keep separate order. You know, like keep them all separate so we can interview them and get the right story, right? Yeah. So... Gerald was separated, but Ronald and Kenny were put in the same holding cell. What? They were put together for weeks. 
What? So they had plenty of time to like be like, you Concoct know, what are we a gonna, plan? Yeah, what are we going to tell each other? Like, what are we going to say? What are we going to, like, what happened? Yeah. Right? And so Ronald's obviously going to be like, tell them that Gerald did it. Because Kenny and Ronald were actually really good friends for a long time. So they had like a history. Gerald was just like this new guy that showed up on the streets that was also willing to help them rob some shit. Holy shit. Fucking shady, right? Yeah. A little fucked up. A little yeah, bit. A little, little bit. fucked up. Okay. Also, during Kenny's inve- interrogation, when he too was facing capital murder charges, the police can be seen motivating him to implicate Gerald as the murderer. They also asked many leading questions, and they lied to him, saying that Gerald was trying to pin him on everything, which I had mentioned earlier. Like, yeah. the reason that Kenny gave up Gerald so easily is because they were like, listen, you're facing murder charges. He's already against you. He's saying you did it. Yeah. You know, if you want to get the shit right, we'll give you a deal if you say it was him. Oh, son of a bitch. There was also some shady shit about the investigators only submitting redacted versions of the interrogations of in Gerald's case. Like, when he went to trial, they showed Gerald's confession or whatever, right? Of, like, yeah. what happened that night. But they only showed pieces, like, parts of it, not the whole thing. And they cut out portions where the police were, like, beating him. Yeah. Ugh. And, uh... Gerald asked multiple times to terminate the interrogation, saying, like, I'm not talking anymore. I want to go home. And they, like, cut all that shit out. And they kept the interrogation going. So some shady police work. Oh, God. So Gerald's defense lawyers, like I said, they weren't that great, right? They should have known all of this and been like, this isn't actual evidence that you should submit. But they weren't properly representing him. They were doing, like, the bare minimum. And the articles I read say, said that they were also, like, overburdened with a lot of other, like, murder cases and shit. So, like, it was hard for them to focus on the case. But also, they just didn't do their job. Yeah. You know? I mean, they never, these these defense attorneys never made an opening statement in the guilt-innocent phase that could help, like, paint the picture of everything you just witnessed in the, it, for the jury. For them yeah. to be like, okay, you just did all this interrogation or, like, whatever, testimonies, questioning of people, of witnesses and stuff. So now put it together in a pretty package for me. Like, be like, okay, you heard this person say that. You heard this person say that. Who can you believe? These aren't true. What yeah. I, you know, here's what happened. Like they always have in every fucking movie. But they didn't do that. They were, like, the the state put together this, like, beautiful package of why Gerald did it. And they were just like... I mean, yeah, I Use guess. Use your brain. This yeah. Is, this is what I got. Good luck. They wow. really didn't put much into his investigation for his case. Uh, neither of them went to the Whataburger and measured the window to see if he could even fit through it. Jesus. Yeah, like that would be like a slam dunk right there, yeah. right? Like, is it even physically possible for him to get in there? Yeah. And like I said, he was kind of thicker, so it's more logical that the thinner Ronald dude was the one who jumped through the window. Especially when you're hopping through that. I can't hop through a fucking window. No. <laughs> uh, they didn't interview any of the witnesses or follow up on any of the blood splatter or the DNA evidence or anything like that. And despite all of this, Gerald was found guilty of capital murder and he was issued the death sentence. <gasps> This dude's on death row. What? Right? Uh, He's been on death row for over 16 years in isolation for a crime he claims he never committed. And like, uh, you know. Yeah. I would have to say, I don't know if he did it or not, but all the evidence I've seen so far is not enough for me to like say without a reasonable doubt that I know he committed it. So he probably shouldn't be on death row. At least not on death row. Like you can't execute a man if you don't know he fucking did it. Yeah. But I guess the jury decided that he did. Um, 
He has a website that he runs to highlight all of the inconsistencies in his case in hopes that he can get some help from somebody to prove his innocence and free him from death row before he gets executed. Oh my god. Uh, the website is justiceforgerald.org. There's a documentary about the case on there. I watched it. It didn't really tell me much about the case. <laughs> I had to, it was more about like his, because, uh, you know, his girlfriend was pregnant when he went to prison. Yeah. And so it was more about like his relationship with his son and how it's like really hard for Aww. him. Yeah. So it was more of that. I didn't really get much about the case, but I mean, watch it if you're well, interested. This is in 2003. Yep. Oh, that yep. fucking sucks. So also, if you're interested in making a friend, you can become his pen pal. <laughs> he's listed on writeaprisoner.com. And on his profile, he says that he's looking for anyone who can help him in his campaign to prove his innocence. Oh, I can't do that. Which is actually where <laughs> I found out about this guy. I don't know how I ended up on there. Like, I'm not looking for a pen pal or anything. But <laughs> for some reason, I came across his profile. And he was like, I'm innocent. And I'm like, let me see what this motherfucker did that he says he is innocent. And then I was like, oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, side note, Ronald ended up getting life for capital murder also. He didn't get the death penalty, but he got life for the same murder. So they're saying these two people killed the same guy when they're saying there was only one shooter. That's fucked up. That's crazy. That's How fucked up. How can you up. have two people in prison for the same crime? They did it. It's because it's shady. Mm, shady. I don't like it. Wow. I don't like it. I know. I don't either. Well, goddamn. Yeah. That's fucking intense. I know. That's why I picked it. All right. Are you ready to hear my story? Duh. Okay. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell you about mm-hmm. Jay Neal and Grady Johnson. Okie doke, artichoke. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Jay was born April 9th, 1965 in Oklahoma. Okay. He went to the army when he turned 18. Okay. And then the next year, which was 1984, because that's how fucking math works, Jay was out at a bar and he met a man named Grady Johnson. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. The two hit it off and they started dating. <gasps> this is why That's you a- wanted my story to go this direction. It is. I was like, did we pick two gay murderers? That would have been a nice tie together, but I'm hoping one of your murderers is kind of chubby and can't fit through a drive through window. And that's how we link together. Maybe. <laughs> we'll find out together. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. All right. So they start dating. Yep. Jay wasn't able to hide the fact that he was gay from the army. Yeah, which was like a no-no back then. It was a super big no-no. Yeah, this stupid. was even before like the don't ask, don't tell thing. So the army was like, can't do that shit. 80s hated everybody. So Yeah. yeah. Like you got flat feet? Not today, motherfucker. Get out. Yeah. (laughs) Are you blind? Not today. Mm -hmm. You got got glasses so you can see well? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. What was that? Colorblind? Get out of here. But then they were like, is that a day glow shirt? (laughs) All right, you can come here. (laughs) We'll take you. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, well, so he got discharged for Honorably? I don't think so. Okay, well, I don't know how that works, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was dishonorable because he was breaking the rules of the army. So the couple lived together in an apartment in Lawton, Oklahoma. They even opened a joint bank account together. So you know it's getting serious. That is how you know it is love. Mm -hmm. If you're willing to share your hard-earned cash. You're like, no, get on my credit. It's fine. Yeah, fuck yeah. Everything's fine. I love you so much. You could use all of my money and I would still love you. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's that's where they were at in their relationship. They're like, let's do this. So that's that's where they were at. They were like, yeah, let's do this. Listen, they're going to make it. They're going to make it. 
they're going to be one of the 50%. Yeah. <laughs> However, mm. without a check coming in from the military, the couple started to have financial problems, which, of course, mm, not good, led to a strain on their relationship. Not good. Because that's what most fucking couples like, motherfucker, did you buy Jif or Skippy? <laughs> You know Skippy is cheaper, <laughs> and Jif is the way to go. Yeah. Aaron and her food, man. So they were doing the juggling act of moving money between accounts and writing bad checks. You know, like, don't fucking cash this one yet. Mm. Like, meh. This you one's know. just for pretend. Yeah, exactly. Like, I gave them the check, but I hope they don't cash it for a few days. Yeah. Meh, right? Yeah. But they often had to go to the bank to settle the fucking problems of writing bad checks because... That shit will catch up to you. They're like, oh, sorry about that. That was an accident. And they're like, you've had four accidents this day. Yeah, 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 exactly. So they're fucking well acquainted with this bank, right? Okay. The bank was a small one in Geronimo, Oklahoma. Geronimo! (laughs) Called the First Bank of Chattanooga. Oh. It was like a prefabricated building and usually only had two tellers working at a time. I like that you had to tell me that it was like prefabricated. Well, you know, it's like, it's not the one that's like, oh, this bank is fucking established here. It's like, (laughs) is that a trailer? No, it's a bank. Oh, that seems a little sketchy. (laughs) Like you could just hook my safe up to your four by four truck, four wheel drive. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Like your plywood. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. Okay. I meant, I meant your four-wheel drive. You could just hook your bank up to my four-wheel drive and I'd own your safe. I don't think it was actually like a mobile home, obviously. It was like a prefabricated building. Two tellers working at a time. Here's my safe. Take it. Yeah. Here's my safe. Okay. So since it was a small town and such a small bank, there were no security guards or surveillance cameras at this prefabricated fucking bank. Sounds super safe. Take all my money. Exactly. So, Jay and Grady, they did what any sane couple would do, and they devised a plan to rob the bank. Did they have a fucking four-wheel drive truck (laughs) and a hitch? And they were like, I have an idea. No. So, they're going to fucking rob the bank and run away to San Francisco. (gasps) I love them. Except for the robbing the bank part, but like, I mean, listen. listen. Times are hard. It's a very romantic, like, fucking Bonnie and Clyde way to go, right? Okay. Flames and glory, bitches. Yeah. So, on December 12th, 1984, Jay went to a pawn shop to buy a gun. Oh, shit. There's a gun involved. This is getting intense. Listen, if you're gonna demand money from a bank, he didn't have a 4x4, like I said. (laughs) (laughs) Could just hook it up and run away. Yeah. Also, you're gonna have tellers with you. That'd be kidnapping. It's a whole other thing. I'd do it. Fuck it. I'd be like, hold on, bitches. (laughs) It's not what they're about. It's gonna be a rough ride. I'm not taking the skirting off this motherfucker. We're just going to pull it off. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So the pawn shop owner wouldn't let him get a gun because he was only 19 years old and you had to be at least 21. Oh, shit. Why are they so young? Because he's just And they had shared accounts? Yeah, they had a shared account and he had already been discharged from the military. Like, he joined and then a year later he was like, wow. Fuck it. Deuces. Wow. Right? Wow. Yeah. So the next day, Grady went to the pawn shop and he applied for a gun license. Just the license. Yeah, because maybe they have a waiting period, right? Okay. And then, How does that work? Like you just buy like a, is it like a driver's license where you're like, you can operate one of these, but you don't own one. It doesn't necessarily mean you own one. Yeah, I think they do like the background check and stuff. Okay. Yeah. So then while Grady was doing that, Jay went to a travel agency and he bought two tickets to San Francisco. Got it. Paradise. Yes. Okay. 
So they were to leave at 6 p.m. the next day, which would be December 14th. Okay. Okay. So then December 14th rolls around, and the couple goes back to the pawn shop, and they buy a revolver with Grady's new gun license. Okay. 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 So one day later. Yeah. That's all it takes. Apparently there was no waiting period. I know. They're like, you got it. Yeah. Which one you want, bitch? Fuck it. We just had to do a background check. We got it. You're cleared. Checked it. Seems like you're chill as fuck. Yeah. Your name's Grady. Yeah. You're good. Let's do this. Okay. So that afternoon at about 1 p.m., Jay went to their bank, and there were no customers inside at the time. Because it's a trailer. Uh (laughs) It's a small ass town. But there were like, you want $50? Because that's all you can pull out. Well, listen. Okay. So there were three female tellers working. So Jay pulled out his gun, and he pointed it at Kay Bruno, who was... It was really Grady's gun, but okay. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You ain't wrong. Yeah. So Kay was 42 years old, and she was the bank manager. Okay. Jay points his gun at Kay. Jesus, there's so many (laughs) letters in this story. Okay. Kay was pleading with him. She was like, not today, motherfucker. Well, she was like, can you please just not? Like, yeah. Seriously, dude. Don't do that There is no amount of money for my job. Like, I could never be a cop. No. Because I just don't give a fuck. I'd be like, you want it all? Yeah. This isn't mine. Yeah. I don't care. I have zero connection to any of this. Yeah. I work at Chick-fil-A. Take it all. All of it. I work at Whataburger. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out, bro. Yeah. Who cares? I don't give a shit. Although if he was like, give me the keys, I'd be like, listen, I'll help you crack the code because I have good intuition. (laughs) Yeah, but I literally don't have the keys. Legit don't. (sighs) So Kay was pleading with him to put the gun away and that he didn't Mm. need to do this, Mm. but he yelled at her and forced her and the two other tellers into the back room. Okay. Okay? So now they're all in the back room. Yeah. It was a tiny room and he told them all to lie down, face down on the floor with their hands behind their backs. Oh God. I'd be panicking. But okay. Well, 100%. I'd be panicking. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the room was so small that they were like almost on top of each other when they were laying down. There's only three of them? Yeah. Wow. I assume it's like a tiny little break room. It's a prefabricated building. It's small. I know, but like you could fit three of us in here. Yeah, but imagine laying on the floor in here. We'd be kind of like scrunched up together. I feel like you could three of us like if we zigzagged like head toe head toe i mean i don't know if there was a lot of like planning Planning. (laughs) they're probably just like here (laughs) i guess sorry about it right oh man that's rough okay so the other two tellers were jerry bowles who was 19 years old and joyce mullenix who was 25 years old okay oh god okay all right jay then told Kay to get up and close the blinds and then lie back down and the All right. whole time she's begging him not to harm them. Like, you don't have to fucking do this. Yeah, she's negotiating. Yeah, well, she's the bank manager and she's the oldest one. So she's like, listen, I got I, this shit, right? I'll fucking open the safe. Yeah. I hope that's what she's saying. She's literally like, I will do whatever you want. Like, I will hook it up to your hitch. Yeah, it Which is what matter. I always say. That's <laughs> <laughs> what mama taught me. Mama always said, I'll oh, hook yeah. it up to your hitch. Yeah. Yeah. So when she laid back down... Jay stabbed her in the back. No! He had a knife? He I thought also, he had a gun. He did was have a, a bayonet? Gun. I no. have so many questions. <laughs> it was what? a revolver with a bayonet. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. He no. stabbed her? Yeah, he stabbed <gasps> her. He also had a knife. Oh, uh, it gets so much worse. What? Okay. Wait, she just shut the fucking blinds for you, bro. Yeah. Tone it down or not? She was just like, I don't know, she's doing like, everything she's he said. She's making too much sense. Yeah. And he's like, I gotta, I gotta make this quiet because she's talking ah! a lot of sh- 
She's talking a lot of sense. Oh my god. Okay, I hate it. So she gets stabbed. In her back. Okay. And so she grabs at it. Oh my god. Because she's like, Okay. Oh fuck. Ah! Right? She doesn't touch it. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, you she grab like, at your back. Stabs him. <laughs> no. No, no. Because he still had possession of the said knife. knife. Yeah. Oh my lord, baby Jesus. So she's grabbing at it and she starts screaming, I'm dead. I'm dead. Oh my god. I'm dead. Oh my god. <gasps> yeah. That's awful. Yeah. Okay. And Jay continued to stab her. And then he flipped her over and he stabbed her in the heart. Ah! What a fucking asshole. He sounds terrible. I thought he was going to be fun at first. I thought so too. He's not. He's a fucking asshole. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Jay then went to Jerry, the 19 year old. Yeah. And he stabbed her repeatedly. Why? They were doing everything you said. Did he not have a face mask on? Like, no. <gasps> Nope. He was just like, I oh, guess I gotta ends. get rid of the witnesses. Loose yeah. Ah, oh, fuck, that sucks. So she was screaming, fucking obviously. Oh my god. And so to make her be quiet, Jay was yelling at her, and then he hit her in the head with his gun. Okay. So he's stabbing Pistol her, whipped. and then he like, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So then Jay moved on to Joyce, the twenty-five-year-old, and he stabbed her in the back and the chest repeatedly. Mm. And she had defensive wounds to her hands and fingers. Oh, no. Here's the fucking kicker. I don't want to know. Kicker. I don't want to know. She was six months pregnant. <gasps> this motherfucking asshole. Yeah. Six months, you're like, I. you are You showing. can see it. Yeah. 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 <sighs> like, you know that that person is pregnant. What a dick. Fucking asshole, right? All for fucking whatever the hell's in the goddamn safe at the trailer park. Yeah. You literally, yeah. <gasps> also, just be like, hey, Kay, the bank manager, who's telling me that she'll do whatever the fuck I want. Just open don't the kill safe. Us. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> just give me all the She's going to open it. She might later be like, it looked like this person, but also put a fucking bag on your face. But you'll be in San Francisco. <gasps> you already have fucking tickets. Oh, I'm so mad right now. Why do people do this? It gets worse. Oh, I don't want to know. I hate it. I okay. hate it so much, which is... Stupid because we have podcasts, but still, I hate it. Don't know why we do this. I don't either. It literally brings me down. You're bringing me down, Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> okay, so according to Jay, he believed that the women were still alive. What? And so he went to the front of the bank again, and he started gathering up the money. Okay? Okay. So after he got the money, he went back into the back room, and he attempted to decapitate no. Joyce. Why? Just the one. Yeah. The fuck? Yeah. Okay. What the fuck? So like while... you got your shit, go. Fucking right. That seems like a lot of extra work. I will never understand this shit. It all seems like so much work. <laughs> I am does. too lazy. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Good. No, same. I wouldn't do it either. You want crab mac and cheese for dinner? I had to boil water. <laughs> Son like, of that a is bitch. It's going to take like 10 minutes. Ugh. And then I have to put the noodles in. And yeah. Then, I don't even think we have milk. Like, that <laughs> is my life. You can use water. It's fine. I could. They'll I never know. literally used water. Yeah. Might have been today. I don't know. I've lost <laughs> count of all time. That's awful. I don't have enough in me for that. Oh, man. That's fucked up. Yeah. So while he was doing that, while he was attempting to decapitate Joyce, a 15-year-old girl named Belen Robles. No. And her husband, odd. which is a whole other fucking odd. conversation. Odd, but odd, odd. Yeah. Her husband, Reuben Robles, mm-hmm. entered the bank with their 18-month-old baby. Goddamn. So, okay. 
Bellin didn't see anyone in the front, but she heard moaning coming from the back. Oh. And so she looked down a little hallway, and she saw a man sitting on top of someone, and it looked like he was hitting was he them. Son. He was son. Well, he was, like, hitting them? I mean, oh, I don't know. trying to get her head off. He that had a knife. Like a yeah, yeah, so if I was going to decapitate someone with a knife, it would probably be, like, a hacking motion, mm. I would assume. Oh, my God. That'll fuck you up for days. Yeah. So then another man named Ralph Zeller, who was 33 years old, entered the bank after the rubles. Every time you say that, I'm like, rupees. <laughs> yes, after the rupees. Yeah. One million rupees. Yes, yes. So then Jay came back out to the front and he forced everyone into the back room by gunpoint. Oh, he was oh like, he's taking customers hostages. Yes. Come on in here. Okay. Come on with me. To this tiny back room that barely had enough room for the three women to lay down. Wow. Okay. And they're all like dead. They all did. Okay. Ooh. So then he had all the customers lie down, face down, in this back room, right next to mm. slash like nope. on top of? I don't really know. Nope. It was like they're in fucking close ass quarters oh, with God. these three tellers who had just been stabbed oh, that repeatedly. Awful. Not good. Okay? Mm-hmm. And all the customers complied. And then Jay heard someone else in the bank and then left all the people there to go back to the front to get a woman named Marilyn Roach, who was 24 years old, and bring her to the back as well. Oh, God. Another customer? Mm-hmm. Okay. So when he got back with Marilyn, he forced her to lie down, face down. Mm-hmm. And then Jay shot Ralph. Oh, God. Twice. Why? In the back of the head. Oh, God. Because he's laying down. Okay. Like, fucking face down. Twice in the back of the head, killing him. Okay. Moving down the line, Jay shot the rest of them in the oh. head. This is like, this turned into a nightmare. Okay. Like, I'm just going to get some cash slash murder a million people. Yeah. Fucking bright side in all of this silver lining yeah silver lining the, the baby gun, lived the gun was out of bullets when he got to the baby <gasps> i called it <laughs> oh my god so that for the, the fucking kid though the 18 month old lived yeah his parents dead well okay 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 so whoa this Jay, is too much. Jay denied ever trying to shoot the baby, but Reuben said that he saw Jay pointing the gun at his baby and attempting to fire. I'd kill a motherfucker. Like, I'd kill you. Did you Did you catch that, though? I don't even need hands to kill you. Reuben said that. The dad. That's what I thought. I would yeah. kill you. Yeah. Well, but that means that he, he lived. lived. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I get you. I get you. So, like, the mom? Well, okay. Okay. So... Bellin, Reuben, and Marilyn, and the baby. Okay. They all survived being shot in the head. Wow. Yeah. Well, the baby didn't get shot in the head. Well, the parents did. Yeah. What? Yeah, the parents How? both got shot in the head, and Marilyn, this wow. other lady, got shot in the okay. head. Okay, okay, okay. Wow. Fucking crazy. How did he get shot in the head and live? I don't know. It's like that politician Gabby something or other. From Arizona? She I got have shot no idea. Head. She got shot in the head and she lived. And she like fucking fought back and learned how to talk and everything. And I mean, these people apparently all did too. I don't know how that their recovery is went. wild. But yeah, Ralph <sighs> is the only one who actually died from being shot in the head. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Isn't that fucking crazy? I hate this person. 
Just so you know. a hundred percent. Okay, I'm glad we're on the same page. Okay, so when he was finished fucking shooting everybody, I guess, Jay went back home to collect Grady, because, you know. Yeah. Done here. Your man's at home. Got monies. And the two of them took off on their flight to San Francisco. Mm Mm-hmm. So to recap. Yeah. Kay, the bank manager, Mm -hmm. she was stabbed 34 times. Oh my God, that's a lot. And her throat was cut. Okay. Jerry, the 19-year-old, was stabbed 14 times and her throat was cut. And Joyce, who was the lady who was six months pregnant, she was stabbed 27 times and he attempted to decapitate her but was unsuccessful. God. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. The customers were all shot in the head. Ralph was shot twice. And Ralph died, but like I said, the three other ones and the baby lived. Wow. wow. That's crazy. So three days later, the police caught up with Jay and Grady in San Francisco, and they arrested them. Wow. And Jay adamantly denies that Grady was present at the bank during the robbery or the murders. Mm-hmm. But Marilyn, one of the women that was shot in the head, said that she definitely heard two men's <gasps> voices. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. He was there? Well, Ooh. maybe. The court can't prove but that she got Grady... shot in the head. Yeah. So... I mean, is she reliable? Who fucking knows? Oh, shit. Yeah. So the court can't prove that Grady was there, but he definitely had a hand in planning it because yeah. he fucking bought the gun and yeah. shit, right? Yeah, it was his fucking license. So he was sentenced to four life terms in prison. Whoa. And Jay... Brady was? Yeah. Wow. Just because he bought the license. Like, we don't know if he was there, but... Yeah. I mean, he bought the license wow. and the gun. He would have had to buy the yeah, gun, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, Gotcha. But then... But we don't know if he pulled the trigger. No. Yeah. yeah. No. We're pretty positive that he didn't pull the trigger. Wow. For life. Yeah. Four. Four life sentences. Yeah. Wow. And then Jay was sentenced to death. Okay. And on December 12th, 2002... Just two days shy of the 18th anniversary of the murders, Mm. Jay was put to death by lethal injection. (gasps) What? His last meal was a double cheeseburger, fries, a peach cobbler. From (laughs) In-N-Out. Right? Uh, That'd be mine. Yeah. And a pint of vanilla ice cream and a bottle of crayon grape juice. Crayon? Yeah, like cranberry like grape cranberry, juice. Oh. Yeah. He's got a UTI? <laughs> what the fuck is this guy doing? What are you on your period? Yeah. <laughs> His last words oh, were shit. Are they starting? And then he prayed until he went unconscious. Oh god, that's weird. That's all. That's it. That's my fucking story. That fucked yeah. how much money did they get? I don't know. Yeah. Was it worth it? Not that any amount would ever really be worth it, yeah. but was it was like we got like a quadrillion dollars and we lived like kings for three days before they caught us. You know, I think it actually did say and they spent their money doing like extravagant shit in San Francisco. Yeah, like like partying and whatever. I rolled the trolley. I want to say. I don't understand. I didn't write it down. I saw the full house house. (laughs) I don't get it. Right? (laughs) I didn't write it down, but I want to say it was like $14,000. That's not even that much. No, but I mean, it's enough to be like, hey, I'll rent this expensive car for the day. Or the three days. This is like a, a yellow uh, fucking lotus. <laughs> <laughs> what is that, a lotus? Is that even a car? Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, it is. good. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's awful. Yeah. What the fuck? That's fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. So how many people ultimately died? Um, Three, four. 
Wow. Four people died. Not worth it. And three people got shot in the head and lived. God damn. And one baby lived with two parents being shot in the head. Listen, I don't even want to know the, like, odds of being shot in the head and still living. But I feel like... Either this guy is an awful shot, or like, Terrible. where is he shooting them? Because he's shooting I them mean, in the back. There must of the head. be like a lot of not important shit in there. <laughs> like you could get hit, and they're in like, as long as it certain. wasn't in the heart of the brain. Like I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand. I thought any part of the brain was very important. I thought that originally. They're like, well, her left eye doesn't blink, but she's still here. So. But apparently, like one in four will die. Wow. But I'll he was shot, shot twice, Ralph. Maybe the, it was like the, the jaw. Like you could be like. And then, like, just not have a jaw. Yeah. I've heard of people, like, that shoot themselves to commit suicide or whatever. I like, know, and that's awful. Shoot their whole face yeah. off instead of actually, oh, like, anything important. Oh, that's fucked up. But also, he was shooting them in the back of the head. I would think that anywhere in the back is going to come out Pretty important. Front. That's where my cerebral complex, I don't know, I was just making My medulla oblongata. <laughs> yeah. Mom always said. Yeah. Oh, I fun. feel like that shit would be important, oh but God, what do I know? That sounds awful. Yeah, right? Wow. 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 <laughs> That's crazy, right? That's super crazy. So to balance out your long ass one, mine was pretty short. Yeah, listen, usually it's the other way around, so there's that. It's true. All right, guys, so listen, if you want to check out pictures pertaining to our case, go to our website, isgdpodcast.com, and you can follow us on social media at isgdpodcast. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Join the goddamn pod group, and uh, we will talk to you on that shit. That's on Facebook. Yep. If you want to email us case suggestions or just to say, like, what's up? We are on g- Gmail. <laughs> at isgdpodcast at gmail.com. That's what I meant to say. Uh-huh. Also, you should snail mail Aaron at P.O. Box 2764, Spring Valley, California, 91979. Also, on our website, isgdpodcast.com, we have links to our Patreon and our merch. Patreon little as a dollar you get all our fucking back episodes and any future episodes it's awesome and great you and know, it comes amazing. out next sunday yeah. we saturday? have to record that shit next comes out next saturday <laughs> and i hit my mic with my beer so that's how important it is some bitch i cheers your ass <laughs> anything else this episode is on twitch it is and it so, will be for the next 14 days ish from also. today and today being the day we publish yeah okay is that all i think so Bye. Toodles. And if you're all caught up on our podcast, stay tuned for a promo from the True Crime Witch Podcast. Good evening, friends. I'm Emma, the host of the True Crime Witch Podcast. Join me every other week as we delve into everything murderous, mysterious, and downright macabre. You can find the podcast by searching the True Crime Witch Podcast on all of your favorite podcast apps, and search for us on social media just using the True Crime Witch. Hope to see you there. Remember friends, stay safe and stay spooky.